Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome in. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Tuesday, for making us a part of your game day. We very much appreciate it. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, eventually. want to say a big thanks to our friends at Mountain America Credit Union. Uh, get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. That's 0% on everything from groceries to giveaways. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Gordon, I, I get the impression that you and I both are, are scrambling a little bit today. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. I. <laughs> It's been one of those scramble type days for me, and uh, I, I uh, I'm glad to see you. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm glad to be seen. Yeah, indeed. So, but it's a beautiful day out there today. We're what are we eight days from Christmas now? Yeah, what good timing! Thanks for letting me use your phone, by the way, because uh, you have phone issues over there. I got to the got to the studio today. Pulled out my phone to see if. Anybody needed to get in touch with me? <laughs> because you're important. Uh, extremely important. And lo and behold, the, it did not respond. So it's it's lying here lifeless next to me. So are we thinking maybe, Naz, if you're listening, maybe a new phone? Yeah, but, I, I you know, in today's day and age, I, I can't wait till Christmas. I can't go a week without a phone. Uh, that, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, would you accept an early Christmas gift? Uh, sure, but you know what's weird? Oh, honestly, you know, you know what's really weird. I I don't know whether to be like, oh, this is kind of nice actually that I <laughs> I'm not so attached to this device, right? But then the other side is the the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah, you know what but- I mean, like 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 the FOMO in the phone is just screaming at me like somebody's texting you right now and you have no idea. <laughs> but you being the one that doesn't even want to uh, activate your phone so that you can be tracked by your most beloved uh, people uh, tells me that maybe you would err on the side of freedom. I, I kind of don't mind it. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm torn a little bit. How's that tracking working out for you? Uh, fine. I mean, I don't use it, but uh, but if, I mean, they're tracking you. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, yeah, I don't mind it. Oh, good. I got nothing to hide, uh-huh. like you. Uh huh. 
just just handing over your basic personal freedoms to my one and only. I relish my basic personal freedoms. <laughs> it's the difference between you and me. Yeah, see, I don't have anything to hide from my wife, and if she needs to know where I am for an emergency or something, I want her to know how she can get a hold of me. And good for you both. Yeah. Because, I, yeah, unless my phone dies, and I guess if my phone dies, then she will neither be able to track me nor call me. I mean, you're you're judging me right now. I'm not judging you. You can have that <laughs> as part of your relationship with your wife. That's fine. It's just not going to be a part of mine. Okay. And it's nothing. It's nothing against Naz. No, there's a basic trust there. I don't want to track her. Why would I want to track her? In case she needed you and she couldn't reach you. So again, this brings it kind of the, the conversation full circle back to like, it, it's it's crazy. I I grew up the last kind of generation to come of age before, you know, cell phones were really cell phones. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of amazing to think back to. Well, you remember when you had to be home to get a phone call or yeah. at the office to get a phone call? But think and, about the advantages of being able to reach somebody if you can't can't get through to she, them. Or... She can still reach me. Well, today she can't. <laughs> not She's going to be calling me. Today. I have a feeling. Yeah, keep an eye out for some uh, some text messages there, <laughs> Gordo. Let and me know. Hopefully, technology is taking over the world, uh, Jake, and pretty soon no one's going to have any personal privacy. Oh, yeah. Big Brother will be everywhere. Well on our way. And anything I can do to stem the tide for me personally, I'm going to do. But, I, uh, yeah, we're, we're trading personal privacy uh, for, uh, for convenience on you, pretty much a momentary basis. How interesting would it be for our listeners to be able to see what's going on in the jazz locker room? And I don't mean the shower area. I, I mean okay. in, in the locker Gordon. room. No, I mean in the locker room where, 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 where all that, you know, all the communication is going on and whatnot. Wouldn't that be fun to be able to listen in? It would be. Yeah, I mean, intriguing. I, I, you know what, to be honest. It's the I'd, only place there isn't a camera these days. I'd, I'd love to have a bug in, in Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay's offices. Just to... Just to you ever wonder, like, what the kind of volume of stuff they deal with on a daily basis is? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've all wondered that, and I think we know. I mean, these guys are in constant contact with other guys, but most of these deals never happen, and we are in the trade season now. I mean, imagine pulling all those strings with the scouting department and where all those guys are and processing that information. I mean, it's think about how it, fr- it, it it's really fascinating. But I, how I, frustrating I, is it, Jake, to do all that work and then not have anything really tangible or dramatic, I'll say it that way, to show for it. Uh, that might be frustrating because some people are sitting there going, what are they doing in there? Are they doing anything at all? What? Uh, how do they spend their days? And they're in there busting their humps trying to improve the product. And no one can, at least in some occasions, can't see anything that's going on because there isn't a trade that happens or isn't there something fantastic to uh, report. You know, and we didn't plan on starting out the show this way, but it is kind of an interesting conversation that we stumbled upon. It's a, you know what, it's a real comment to the investment that has been made into this franchise that the the stakes are so high, you're willing to pour in that kind of detail to make those kind of decisions when and if they come about. So you'll invest so much in the scouting department and, uh, and in the, the training staff and in those kind of more minor things that oftentimes in the past were looked over. And you'll get as much information 
to know exactly when and how to pull that trigger. It's 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 pretty fascinating. Well, I had a, I had an occasion to uh, chat with Dennis Lindsay the other day, and let me tell you, folks, these these guys, they're working, they're working. Oh yeah. And I don't know, you know, whether we see the dramatic results of that or not, because uh, it's a complicated process. But they they aren't just sitting there going. Oh, how about them jazz, man? Okay, it's not going quite the way we thought it would, but, uh, oh, well, our work is done. We're just going to sit back. Hand me that popcorn, will you, Justin? No, that's not the way it's going. No, they live or, or die by these things. And well, they're, that's they're, why busy, it's a, they're busy doing it. That's I why mean, it's a tough life. You, maybe these guys aren't the best example because they often kind of keep off the radar at the games themselves. In fact, they always do. But do you remember do you remember Kevin O'Connor living and dying with every possession of the ball oh, yeah. down there on the, very demonstrative. on the eighth row or wherever he sat? He sat in the same place every single game. And Screaming it at was the refs. just an absolute <laughs> – I mean, it was almost as fun as watching the game itself. I mean, you'd see something happen on the court and then immediately dial yourself over to Kevin O'Connor to see how he was going to react to it. But, I mean, they, I, I would guess that all these guys in one way or another feel similarly to Kevin O'Connor. They just don't express it in that particular way. Oh, believe so, me. But yeah. they're, they're mm-hmm. all feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all feeling it. And so it's, it's how do you respond, and you've got to be pretty calculated about it and probably take some emotion out of it, to be honest. And we've talked to Dennis about that in the past. Oh, yeah. They, they're not going to react in any kind of emotional way, even if in the moment they might, but uh, not as far as the decision-making goes. Oh, wait. This process is way too, too uh, how should I say it, uh, kind of uh, equation-oriented. Uh, you know, the A plus B plus C plus D, and then you get something at the end of all that. I don't think anybody ever goes, okay, A, let's go, let's do it. Right. just doesn't work that way. But they are very much aware of what's going on with the Jazz. For those of you out there who are big Jazz fans, and we get asked these questions all the time, Jake, what's, what's going on with the Jazz? Uh, well, the, the, it's being watched and monitored very closely by those in positions of power. So they are aware of every aspect of it. And when I was talking to Dennis, I asked him a bunch of questions, and he he had answers. Uh, he had thought about every one of the questions, and uh, those guys have gone about their business in a way that that is uh, responsible and thorough. I'll say it that way. Uh, you want to talk about where you bumped into Dennis Lindsay? Were you at Tavern on the Green, or where? Where's the? <laughs> yeah, we were. It was on a golf course in Vegas, actually. Where? Where's the? <laughs> is is Lakai still a thing? Where's the? Where's the top notch restaurant around here these days? Oh, I don't know. It depends on what you like. That uh, that Italian joint downtown that all the uh, visiting players go over there and and eat. What place is that? Oh, it's named after the guy he used to be at uh, the owner, and he used to be at Cucina Toscana, and now he's over. There's the jazz mural on the wall of the building. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm wasting a bunch of time talking about this, but, you know, somebody could let us know if you want via Twitter. But anyway, we'll talk a lot I of jazz Dan- on the show I met today. with Dan- Dennis in a secret location. Okay, so secret location. Let's. Was it, was it tropical? <laughs> no. No, it's just like it is here. Where were you, you know, weekending in Bermuda or something as you're off to do? Oh, yeah. Dennis, hand me that suntan lotion. Right, right. Yeah. No, not at all. No, it wasn't that sort of thing? Nope, it wasn't. Okay. But they are working hard. Yeah, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, they know the expectations, and we've had that conversation. So, uh, in fact, let's get to it. We'll we'll lead with the Jazz in their game tonight. It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated. A lot of the areas the Jazz can improve comes from internal growth. Mike Conley is at the top of that list, but you got to get somebody from that bench to step up and make plays, somebody outside of Joe Ingles to be a scorer. I think that's going to be a priority. And when you look up and down that Jazz roster, you don't see a lot of pieces to move that could be appealing to teams across the league. So it's got to be all about internal improvement and finding ways to get that bench going and get Mike Conley into that mix. That was Chris Mannix yesterday talking about the position the Jazz are in, and I think he's he's right on the money. And if Dennis Lindsay were uh, here in this room, I, I bet he would echo some of that. There's there's really not a ton that they can do to alter the roster right now, unless you want to do something dramatic, and I don't think we're there. I don't think you believe that either. Um, so you've got to rely on some internal development. That's a, that's a great term for the current Jazz status. Mike Conley's got to get better. Those bench guys have got to get better. Joe Ingles has to figure out how to be good in whatever role he's being asked to play by the coaching staff, and that that probably goes for everybody. So uh, I, I thought Chris was pretty insightful with that yesterday. Well, there are certain players that Jazz do not want to touch, and you can guess who those players are. And so if, if that's what they're uh, committed to, then, okay, then what? who aren't they committed to? And then what is the demand for that player around the league? And you can imagine that it's probably not great. There might be a couple options uh, that they could go with, but I don't think they will. Um, and here's the other part of this whole thing. Do you, If you were uh, Dennis and Justin, do you, when you have a new team and half the team is new and you're integrating all these parts and whatnot, does it help to go out and integrate another new part? I guess it depends on how much that part could help you and what it's going to cost to get them. But I think the jazz uh, management is being pretty patient with what they've got here because they believe it's better than what it is shown thus far. And they invested in it. Mm-hmm. These were the big moves that this front office decided to make, and they, they were moves that are, were years coming and moves that were particularly immediate because of Donovan Mitchell's contract status. And Rudy's, too, to a certain extent, although Rudy's, you know, making plenty of dough. Yeah. Uh, in his next contract, he's going to be eligible to make even more, an astronomical amount of money. So uh, there's a time frame on this all. And so they, they pushed it in the middle, so to speak. I think we that time frame that. is these next two years, including this one. Agree. That, that, that's what we're looking at here to see what this group can do. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move or two somewhere along the way if they really felt like uh, the, the, the end result would outweigh the acclimation process for another piece. They'd be willing to do that if they found it and they found a willing partner to acquire something. But I, in the meantime, they are waiting for this group to really come together and become what it can be, and it hasn't done that yet. So tonight will be an interesting matchup because Mike Conley is probable. So first of all, it'll be fascinating to see how they work him back into the lineup and and who starts and who finishes and all that fun stuff. But next, that Orlando is a decent, not great team. Right. So actually kind of a nice challenge 
for the Jazz as they try to create the good habits that we talked so much about yesterday Precisely, and Jake. keep it rolling. This mm-hmm. is not the Warriors where it's the Warriors. You know, right. you're going to win that game regardless. Mm-hmm. This is a game where they're going to have to play to win, and we'll we'll see. They should win this game. They're capable of winning this game, but they're going to have to play to do it. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how they play tonight. If the playoffs started today, the Magic would be in the playoffs. So and I think they were they uh, I think they're minus one or so as far as their scoring margin goes against opponents and whatnot. But this is a solid team that you have to respect. That there isn't this kind of idea. Okay, fellas, remember these are NBA players. We gotta fire ourselves up to go play this team. No, not at all. I, I think the Jazz. Uh, understand that the Magic can beat them, and there's none of this room for this, okay, let's go out and screw around and have fun and then win it at the end. Uh, I, I don't know how this game will go tonight because of the way the Jazz have been playing, but I would I would expect them, Jake, to come out and play more the way they did against Minnesota than the way they did against Golden State. I would think so, too. A um, couple of things I find interesting about Orlando. I know people out there are like, Orlando. But that's where, uh, you know, Islands of Adventure is. And uh, you want to take us on a tour of Orlando? No, no, no. What's your favorite part of Orlando when you've been there? Orlando. Let's see. I have been to Orlando. I mean, we did the we did Disney the, World. Yeah. Universal mm-hmm. Studios thing. I mean, I which of the good. Disney World kingdoms was best for you? I mean, I'm kind of a traditionalist, so the Magic Kingdom was Magic pretty good. Yeah. Epcot Center and all that. Yeah, that was that yeah. was fine. Did you do the animal? Thing? We did that one. <laughs> Can we talk about the the team? Yeah, the team. The, What's fascinating the, about the Magic the team, for you? The Magic. A couple of things. Aaron Gordon, uh, I'll always be interested in because he's the player that the Jazz would have gotten if things had kind of gone chalk in that particular draft. He instead, taken fourth. Uh, instead, the Magic took Aaron Gordon fourth. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz got Dante Exum at fifth. And that that draft was such a catastrophe, you know, so given the hype that it received, it's kind of interesting to watch. And Aaron Gordon's okay, Mm -hmm. but he's, like, just good enough that you have to pay him kind of a lot of money. But he's not (laughs) good enough that he's going to really carry a team, you know. So is that then uh, disadvantageous to what, say, Dante Exum is? Uh, even though Dante's making good money right now, pretty good money for what he has provided, but would you rather have a player you don't have to pay a lot of money to or a sort of medium-level player that you have to pay a lot of money to? And a lot. You know, let's be fair to Aaron Gordon. He's making nineteen eight this year, eighteen one the next year, and sixteen four the following. So he's making about double what Dante Exum yeah. is making. It's uh-huh. not like he's a $30 million right. player. But, but that's a sizable difference for guys who are – Right next to each other in the draft. Then Nikola Vucevic is very good. He's fun to watch. Evan Fournier is fun to watch, and he's got a relationship with, with Rudy Gobert. They're friends. So he can shoot it. Uh, he certainly can. And then finally with this Magic team, I'm excited to finally get a look at Markel Fultz. Because here's a player that, honestly, Gordon, they I, I wish that he had a camera crew with him throughout his entire career so far. Because what he's gone through is just fascinating mm-hmm. i mean for for his shot his mental shot the shot in his brain and in his physical form just broke mm-hmm. and not like he was a great shooter in college but i mean you saw some of those videos of him shooting free throws and things like that i mean this was this was not just physical form and so for philly to just basically give up on him and then orlando to invest a little into into trading him hoping he can be what people saw the number one pick to be, 
I want to see how broken that shot is tonight. Uh, have you ever experienced anything in your life, Jake, where something you were you, you thought you'd sort of mastered and then you lost it for a while? Um, I wonder, sure, how, I, I wonder ex- how rare that is because this is a guy, as you mentioned, top draft pick, and then he was non-functional. He he couldn't even really get on the court. They had to rebuild him. Well, he had some shoulder stuff, which didn't help. A, a weird subplot was that he had a guy around him from his kind of high school days that was the one that was his shot doctor that was actually really doing him a disservice. <laughs> and it was it was kind of a source of conflict with the Sixers. And let's be honest, the Sixers' standard of being able to shoot the ball is quite low. <laughs> so for them to look at Markel Fultz and go, you know what? <laughs> We need somebody who can shoot the ben ball a little Simmons better. Ben Simmons is a much better jump shooter than you, Mark Hill. Oh. <laughs> and, and you know what? It makes me uh, – Brian Colangelo was the one who picked uh, picked Fultz, and I felt so bad for the previous regime uh, who was there. And why is his name slipping uh, slipping my brain right now? Uh, the, oh, Pat? The, Pat, what's his name? Or that, that was two generations no, 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 before. The, the GM that used to be in Philly. Uh, oh, that the, Philly. the trust the process guy. Yeah, yeah. That was basically given a free pass to uh-huh. to completely you know tank and, and rebuild or whatever. And just, in other words, he took all the heat and, 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 and sort of fashioned the whole thing and then got none of the credit. Just as it was about to turn <laughs> and you were going to see it succeed, you know, the, then Jerry Colangelo steps in and says, you know what, you're out. <laughs> and my son's in. And let's oh, get I, haven't, this. I haven't seen anything like that since Popovich took over for what's his name in San Antonio. Oh, it just felt just felt so bad for. Who that was guy. the coach in San Antonio that Pop took over for? Uh, you know the guy I'm talking about, Hill. Oh, Hill. Yeah. What was his first name? He ended up coaching in Vancouver, right, yeah, for yeah. a while. I got this. I, you know that reminds me when I was uh, captain of the safety patrol. Uh, just about the time we Sam Hinky, by the way, we had the, we had crime yeah. all taken care of at my elementary school. Then uh, someone else came in, and I, you know, tag teamed. He went on and took over and got all the glory for it. Hmm. But I was okay with that because it really doesn't matter who gets the glory. Jake. But it was you who did the did the safety patrol work, the, 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 the heavy lifting, the rough stuff. <laughs> you mentioned that you had something that you lost for a while. What was it? Uh, well, I was going to say, not that I ever had it and lost it, but mentally I'm just dreadful putting the ball, especially close putts. Were you ever good at it? No. Oh. Not really. <laughs> so you never had but, it. But you know what? It's it's such a mental thing with me, I just don't even give myself a chance. I just really don't. So it's, you, it's you're, really your, your last thought over a putt is, I'm not going to make it anyway? I wish it was, because <laughs> then maybe some of them would go in because I didn't care. But the problem is I'm just... I'm like, okay, do I need to be dialed in here? Do I need to be thinking about nothing? How's my grip? Like, it's just, I know I'm going it, to, it's, I don't know. Horrible. If you want to make the golf analogy, this happened sort of to Johnny Miller. He was, in his glory days, he was just tearing the tour up. And then he went into this horrendous slump, and people were blaming it on him building his body up or chopping too much wood, uh, doing, doing all, I, I don't know. Nobody could figure out what happened to his game. Tiger Woods went through this to some respect as far as his, uh, what this, this high standard he had set. And so what happens sometimes to athletes, uh, this is a pretty drastic uh, example of it, though. I mean, because he couldn't even really play. Um, 
Remember Fultz, I mean. I, I'm trying to look up the guy's stats, but do you remember Mark Wollers, who was like the best he was like the best closer in the game for the Braves. Uh, he was just awesome. And then he, I think he blew a game in the World Series and then just was never the same pitcher ever again. I mean, he could hardly throw the ball. Why is it that it happens to people like finesse stuff, you know, like golfers and pitchers and, and uh, you know, shooters? Uh, it, it just seems like there is a... I'm, I'm no physiologist, Jake, but you know you, you have endorphins in your body that come that uh, that trickle down from your brain into your nerve endings, and sometimes there's a disruption of that. Mm-hmm. If you want to come see me, I'll uh, do what I can for you. But uh, it, it, there sometimes is a breakdown in that, and then you can't function the way you used to be able to. On that note, you wonder how people criticize NBA players for making mistakes in front of 20,000 people. And then you think about the last time you teed off with the next foursome waiting right there. Watching. And you, you know, get watching. Nervous. <laughs> Just push one off into the woods because you can't handle the pressure of four bozos in plaid <laughs> waiting their turn. And then you're going to go and rip some athlete who is at the top, you know, fairly high-level guy. What a bozo he is. How do you miss that shot? Jeez, man. It's, you know, it's the (laughs) NBA playoffs or whatever. It's like, you know, these guys handle a lot of pressure. And we, and I'll include myself in this, take that for granted. Well, uh, this is related to that a little bit. I had a conversation many, many years ago with Keith Van Horn, and he was talking about free-throw shooting. And he was kind of talking about this phenomenon I'm talking about, how it comes out of your brain, and next thing you know, your your various body parts aren't uh, aren't doing what you've practiced a thousand times. It's crazy. Uh, All right. We'll have more for you coming up. want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, Verizon, or XO customers. If you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call today, 385-420-8221. That number again, 385-420-8221, Syringa Networks. More straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The the Zone. Band of the day today, Alex, is? Goldfinger. Goldfinger, selected by Alex, filling in for Austin today, who's um, got an opportunity to screen the new Star Wars movie for the Movie Zone coming up on Thursday night. So, you know, Austin getting after it. The final Star Wars, are you you looking for? Are you going to? Gonna probably, see it. I probably want to see it. Is it when? When is the screening? Right now, I think. Oh, yeah. All right, good. Well, I'll be eager to hear his opinion. I have missed. I think I missed one or two in there somewhere. But uh, yeah, let's see how it ends. The whole thing. But what's uh, what? What happens with the rest of the Star Wars franchise? Are they just going to tell? Other stories? Oh yeah, they'll spin it off in a million different directions. Okay. Well, it's a big, it's a big galaxy out there, universe. 
Gordon, a little college football news out there today. Joe Critchlow will uh, enter the transfer portal. Um, not a surprise. He was kind of the fourth on that list of four. He has had some playing time for BYU in the past. Played it, excuse me, as a true freshman. He even uh, beat UNLV 31 to 21 on the road. Uh, in his career, co- completed 55 of 101 passes, 642 yards. I, I'm guessing he's going to go somewhere. He'll find a place to play. He can, oh yeah, he can play. That guy can play. Just Let's not see, at, where would uh, be a good fit for him. How about how about a, how about the Mountain West school? I was thinking. Well, I don't know. Maybe go FCS. Uh, you mean just uh, how does that work? If he went to a Mountain West school, would he have to sit out a year? Um, no, because he's a is he a senior? Is it a is is he graduated? It would not. I think it said that he, I think I read that he was entering the transfer portal and. That would presume that he could score, he could uh, play right away, right? I would think so. I'm looking through the write-up in the trib, and I do not see that clarified. So we'll look into that a little What's bit more. What's it say on the headline? Uh, let's see. Uh, Critchlow enters transfer portal as BYU's depth at quarterback only continues to grow. Okay, so I guess we'll have to figure that out. But uh, he, I think the guy can play. I think he could have a, a pretty nice career somewhere if he gets the opportunity. It's gotten so crowded at BYU in that quarterback room. I wonder if we're going to see another one. Well, it gets down to the whole idea is if you're Baylor Romney right now, would you hang around knowing that uh, Zach Wilson is – uh, well, let's say it this way. He has been prone to injury in the past. So, I don't, if I if I were talking to Baylor, I, I don't like that line of thinking because I don't like sitting around cheering for somebody to get hurt so I can get an opportunity. Well, I don't that think just that would does, be his attitude. But come but on. But it is his I'm attitude. T- oh, I'm yeah, telling it you would right be now, yours every, too. every backup in the world is wants to play. Right. So, I would... I would think that hey, I can win ball games at this level, and I'd go find myself. And how many programs out there are looking for quarterbacks? I'd go find a place where I'm going to play. Well, that's what Joe's doing. Yeah, and that's and, what he, and he's going to find a place, and that's what he should do. Absolutely, one hundred percent. What if they all did though? But but the thing with uh, with Romney is he's he's a little tied down at BYU. He's probably enjoying playing with his brother. If I had to make a guess, and uh, his wife plays soccer. Uh, at BYU, so they're mm-hmm. kind of in, invested there. But if he wants to play, he I would find another opportunity. He's put plenty on tape where there should be universities, you know, out there at various levels lining up to uh, to utilize his services. Do you think Romney and Hall are getting together, saying, "Hey, what's your plan?" And Maybe. Then, then are they being honest with one another? <laughs> but then again, Hall's invested in BYU too because he plays on the baseball team. True. And maybe that's where he believes his his future lies. I don't. But know. he's got he's had the concussion problem, and that usually doesn't just go away. It's it's hard when you've got all these guys who are the same age. You know, you kind of yeah. Force but if you're Baylor everybody. Romney, Jake, and you and you, let's say you go to New Mexico, and then Zach gets hurt. And you're trying to find your way in a whole new setting, and you've disrupted the life, your own life, the life of your family, and you go somewhere else, and then your opportunity is completely open here. I'm just saying, me personally, I'd li- I'd rather be proactive about it than cheer for somebody to get hurt. 
Well, I, I don't think you need to put it that way. That's what you're doing. But that's what every backup does. So go somewhere where you're not a backup. <laughs> then your backup will cheer for you to get injured. Okay, well, I'd rather be on that <laughs> end of it, wouldn't you? I don't know. It seems like guys get injured so much these days that uh, you you, you got to have two quarterbacks. But you don't want to bet on that for your opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Because that just – and then it inspires conflict in the same meeting room. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's your attitude, Jake. You can be a team player without being the star. It, you, it, It's true. It's true. But, but you, you're, everybody, revealing, you're revealing a lot about yourself. No, I see, I'm just pragmatic, Gordon. <laughs> and I realize that everybody wants to play. So, yes, you can you can do all the right things, and lots of quarterbacks have done that. Don't get me wrong. But I'd want an opportunity to play, and I wouldn't want to – to, to bet on an injury for me to have that opportunity. And it's what makes the quarterback position in college football, or football at any level for that matter, so unique. You know, there's not, you know, there's four defensive linemen, right? There's five offensive linemen. There's, you know, there's, there's positions that are shuffled in and out routinely, but there's one QB1. That's it. And so do I want to root for somebody's failure or injury? Or do I want to figure out a way for me to get on the field? I don't think you need to. I think you're you're painting a scenario that doesn't need to be that way. You can – Baylor Romney, if he is the back, if he's the number two down there. He might be the three. That's true. It could be. That that complicates it a little bit. You think? But, but, but I, and I, they just signed uh, a freshman, right? But what's, your, what's your motivation? You want to play, but do you think you're – I know a lot of these guys think they're going pro. It's amazing how many college athletes think they're headed to their professional ranks of their sport. But if if what are you in it for? He's probably – I don't know what he's studying in school, but he would have to rip himself away from all that and start all over again? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe if you were a supreme competitor, you would have the confidence to think you could beat the starter out. Politics, Gordon. <laughs> the old Norm Chow getting golf clubs from the quarterback's dad story. Is yeah. that what you're alluding to there? Um, and, and, hey, maybe you take it into spring and, and see if you can beat somebody out. But, you know. Which would be more difficult, beating out the starter or transferring and having to establish yourself somewhere else? Beating out the starter? You think that's harder? I do. In this current circumstance, what well, we're talking about, other than handpicking your own spot where you can— Well, think about what Baylor Romney did. He, he really uh, accomplished some nice things. He beat Boise State. 100%. A Boise State team that, that has one loss— there's some teams in the Mountain West that watch that game and are like, hmm. You know, it's an interesting question, Jake. In this day and age, you'd get a lot of people who would transfer, but you get some who have every bit the ability that the others do who would choose to stay and see how it goes from there. You know? Maybe maybe somebody gets Wally pipped. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. Then, then again, your your example is cheering for somebody. But to you get don't hurt. have to cheer for it. You just have to wait for you it. You just hope for it. Is that a better word <laughs> very, for you? Very, very silent. You hope for it. Does that make you feel better about it? Everybody wants to play. I get it, but you can you can also gain some character by being in a 
backup role. Character. Give me a break. <laughs> you know how, you know, if I were... Jake wants everyone to get hurt around here so he can advance his career. I, I'd be t- saying, listen, all right, Baylor, the odds of you going pro are probably pretty low, not because it's you, but just because the odds in general are probably pretty low. But I can, I can tell you how I can guarantee you will not go pro. By signaling plays into Zach Wilson. <laughs> have, there's there's not one the, scout what, on the planet that's wait. like, oh my goodness, look at him signal what, those what, plays. What, what, man, is, that is was there, terrific. Draft that man. Uh, we're forgetting. So there's got to be cases of guys who are backups who made it in the pros. I'm sure they are, and I'm sure there's I'm just, a I wake can't. of broken legs in each <laughs> and every one of those stories. What, you want somebody to go Tanya Harding? I'm just not, uh, well, or Northern Colorado. Oh, yeah, stab the punter in the leg or whatever that was. I've told you my story about that. What? Where uh, Gunther and I were traveling to the Oregon game when Utah played Oregon in 09, and we were coming back, and I think they were playing against the team. I can't remember who they were playing against, but we were on the same plane as the Northern Colorado team, and it was delayed or something. We're just sitting around chatting with uh, a few members, and they're like, "We're like, hey, you guys, you're the ones who had the punter stab the other punter." And this was probably maybe two or three years after that happened, right? A, a fairly short time, and they're like, "Yeah, that was us." Like, just so tired of talking about. It. Like every place that they went, they thought, "Hey, you guys were teammates with that punter that you, stabbed you, you that other punter." You wouldn't even have noticed the team if it hadn't been for that. Be like, "Oh, Northern Colorado, yeah, I bet they play somewhere." But no, we knew exactly who they were. So let me ask this question to all our listeners out there: Have you found yourself in a job situation where there's somebody who is lording over you, and you want that job? What do you, what lengths are you willing to go to? To get it. Well, I don't know. You tell me how cutthroat to get over there at the trip. Some people do. Uh, you know, you work for a company and you go to a competitor because you can't get what you want where you are. I guess that's sort of the same thing. Hmm. <laughs> All right. We'll have more coming up next. Jake, Jake wants to off everyone who's in his way. It is the big show. So it sounds like you are That's the guy. That's what I said, you really. No, the... I'm saying transfer so you don't do that. I'm saying transfer <laughs> yeah, and attitude, find a better position. You're, you're, I'm saying I would not want to cheer for somebody, someone else's injury. But, but, no, but not, that's not what you have to do. You have to work hard to to surpass the guy in front of you. Well, if I thought that that was a long shot, I'd find somewhere else to play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see where you are. I see how it is. It's not me. I'm saying I wouldn't want to do that. You're telling them to do that. You're saying, hey, the fact hope that they that... get hurt, but no. don't show it. That's what you're saying. You're saying be no. dishonest with yourself no. and others because no. you're going to sit there and hope I that said, they get hurt. No, no, that's only part of what I said. The other part was work really hard to see if you can beat the other guy out. Right? All right. That's why I say maybe give it to spring ball, I guess, but. It is crowded. I, there. I, I, I think I could that. win. I could win football games. I think I could do it. All right. Not sit there mm-hmm. on the sideline and signal <laughs> stuff in, and secretly deep down was like, "Oh, is this the play?" <laughs> <laughs> that would be a miserable state, wouldn't it? Horrible. That's I hope I'm something saying. bad happens to him. Yippee! So I can go in. I'm kind of rooting for my team, but I'm actually I want, I want rooting. The offense to crumble, so that somebody will look at me. I'm rooting for something. You know, I don't care what the reason is, really, but a reason that you're not going to be in on the next play. 
So and so gets sick. Woohoo! Let's throw a party. Right, that's horrible. That's why I'd go find another place to play. Well, there is the other option. That is to work hard to beat them out. What do you think the odds of that are? I don't. It depends on the attitudes of the coaches, and that's sort of what what guys like Joe and Baylor and others need to need to sort of gauge. Yeah. If you're talking to the coach, and the coach is essentially being honest with you and saying, "Hey, you know what the odds are of you beating out this guy? You, you might as well pack it in, man. Get on out of here." Then, oh, then you go. What was the what was the quarterback? And I know we're way over, Alex. Sorry. What was the the name of the quarterback that transferred uh, from Utah? Brandon. Oh, he was. Uh, oh yeah, I know more, who you're talking about the more mobile yep. guy. Yeah. Brandon yeah. Cox. Thank uh-huh. you very much, there, Alex. Yeah. And remember, they basically told him he was in the race up until the very end, when we all knew he wasn't <laughs> that in the race. Was not the case. And the whole thing was is because they were desperate to keep him around because they were thin at the position. And I, I, I guess I'm not really trying to accuse anyone of malfeasance as much as I am <laughs> to say that you know. <laughs> The, the team it's has more some. The, the team's got some <laughs> self-interest at play here too, yeah. and that can influence communication from time to time. If you get my drift, now maybe they sit him down and they say, "Listen, your third string, and unless you transform, you know, bodies and brains with <laughs> Drew Brees tomorrow, you're probably yeah. not going to be first string." What happened? You know, to, what happened to the guy who was beat out by, or he got injured, and Alex Smith took over? Brett Ratliff. He yeah. went to uh, not East, Brett Ratliff. Or no, 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 no. Uh, Brett Elliott. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, he uh, went up to, to Eastern Oregon Washington, or whatever. I thought Eastern? somewhere up there in the Pacific Northwest, and had a nice uh, sub. What is it? Division three or something? No, it was FCS or one AA at the time. Oh, okay. And then he played for the Chargers for a while. He was good. Yeah, there have been guys who have been backups who have made it in the pros. Just well, not. he wasn't a backup. He went to somewhere he could start. Well, I know, but he, he was. He you became know? a backup, essentially, because he got hurt. <laughs> but don't you do you think he he made it to the he made it to the Chargers? <laughs> he made it to the Chargers because of his he was, his vibrant career in Division Three football. See, he was on the horrible end of what you've been bringing up and advocating for. He was the one who got hurt and lost <laughs> you, his job. You, you That's even worse. He wasn't in one double A. It was like NAIA or something. No, it was it, it was yeah, it was like Division Three. It was no, it was it was not. two divisions down. Stop it! It I'm, was not. look it up. I will look it up. All right, stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join us tomorrow from 3 to 6, hanging out with our friends at Homie. We're going to be at a Homie home. 11457 Camden Road, right there in Draper. So come hang out with us. 11457 Camden Road in Draper. Real quick, Gordon, uh, you had a not sports report the other day mm-hmm. uh, talking about the, the dude who had stolen, what, 88 grand yeah. and uh, posted, posted about it on, spo- yeah. on social media. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I have the sports version of that story for you. <laughs> okay, what happened? Uh, Dion Waiters. Who has been now suspended for the uh, by the team for the third time this season? Remember his his incident with some sort of edible drug on the plane, yes. a, a month ago or whatever, uh-huh. where they thought apparently he was dead at one point. Um, well, he uh, he called in sick to practice, said I can't make it into practice. 
Not feeling real well. Okay. I'm feeling terrific. Uh-huh. Uh, then uh, people within the team noticed a little bit later on while they were practicing, he put out a picture of himself boating <laughs> on the Instagram. Why do you do such a thing? Because he's an idiot. That is so dumb. I'll, I'll never understand why people do something that they shouldn't and then broadcast that fact on social media like nobody has access to Did he to do it. it himself or did someone do uh, post that on their own account and then he was included in the picture? I don't know. I don't know. Here's just what the report said. According to three sources, it was inspired by an Instagram post of waiters hanging out on a boat during a time when the team was made to believe he was unavailable because he was sick. That has to be somebody else who posted that. Although... My guess is the Heat aren't suspending him for fun. Right. I know. So, you know, I'm sure they looked into it. Yeah, but he was guilty either way. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? What do you mean, I mean, posted guy, by somebody else or on his own Instagram? I see or, what you're saying. Yeah, on his somebody own else uh, blew his cover, essentially. The the, the guy who took the 88000 he did it himself. Yeah, I don't know. But you know what? The life of an NBA player is pretty good. I know it's <laughs> I know it's really unique, but they're compensated really well. I think it's fair for the team to expect you to show up to practice when you're well enough to, go to practice. I don't want to go to practice today. Let's go boating. Okay, yeah, I'll just call in. <laughs> At least Allen Iverson had the common decency to not give us an excuse. Could he have gone boating after? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I have three and a half hour practices there. I don't know. Spolstra's a good coach. Yeah. Miami's good. The Jazz are going to see the heat. Um, coming up on this next road trip, we're near the top of the East, man. Yeah, that That's should be a surprising. A, should be a pretty good game. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next at four thirty. Uh, Bowler is going to be in studio. Uh, coming up top of the five o'clock hour, Keith Smith, uh, senior NBA writer for Yahoo Sports, is going to be on the show. It is the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the zone.